now listening to the Seventh Rounders. Hello, folks. We are back. Episode 99, one away from the big one zero zero triple digits. We welcome back. He was off last week, Jester Clemens. It is wonderful to have him back. Coming off of a lot of travel for the kid, um, and a men's his, his first career men's softball game um, where he went doubleheader, two games, two games, two we games. They went zero and two. He went zero for six with uh, four pop outs to the catcher. Um, so we're working with him to get his shoulder up, going through the ball more, <laughs> drive it out there uh, to left center. Um, John, good to have you back. Just uh, for the record, I've told a lot of people, and I'm not going to shut up about it. I went four for five last night with four bombs, 13 RBIs, and, and got intentionally walked in my last at bat of the first game after I hit two home runs in the first two. Um it's safe to say I'm in mid-season form. I'm totally seeing the ball well. It's really not hard. It's slow-pitch softball. It's actually very easy. And the reason that others struggle, I think, is because it's so easy that you swing too hard and you swing too soon. So I was telling everyone, you got to sit back. Just got to sit back. I hit everything. Every home run was either dead center through the right side to oppo. I, hit, I didn't pull shit. Is this a co-ed league? No. No, this is uh, this is the boys. Okay. This is the boys. And you said no injuries, which is big for you especially. Just, uh, transparency cramping up last night. You know, Chad, it's – what do you, you – you do – what do you do? Do you do any men's leagues? Are you involved? Uh, well, well, once I move, I will. Right. Uh, yeah. So even if you think back to intramural sports, I'd forgotten just the, the random – the muscles you don't hit when you lift or work out or whatever you do that you hit when you're in competition. The hip flexors – are about as sore as I think I've ever had them right now. Um, groin is sore, but it's all just soreness. You know, we cramped up throughout the night. We got over it. Just new movements. Um, look forward to it. Chad, I feel like I just, I'm trying to picture you on a men's softball field, and I feel like it's an emotional time. A lot, a lot of, I feel like, you know, a lot of line drives out there, some bloop singles out into, mm-hmm. you know, center field, driving the ball up the middle. Um, not going to lower that shoulder, not going to send anything out more than likely. Chad, yeah. one thing about you, I remember from, from playing back in the day, you, you know who you are out there. You know, you're not going to try yeah. to do too much. Yeah. I, I put my whole body into it, throwing it in from the outfield. Um, <laughs> that's, you do try to do too much there, but that's, we love that part of it. Yeah, I mean, the it, plate, you're not trying to do too much. Definitely not do, trying to do too much, uh, which is important, I think. You know, you just got to stay within yourself. Um, composed. Yeah. Uh, very important. Patient. So, I don't know I, about hours. I haven't played baseball or softball with him before. Um, but, you know, I, he's he definitely an asshole a, on the field. I, he looks to me like he mans a hot corner. He looks like a third baseman to me. I don't know. I could be totally wrong, Connor. Who, me? Yeah, I say, I, say, I feel like you man the hot corner. You're like a third oh. baseman to me. Last time I played softball, I tried playing shortstop, and I, I threw my arm out maybe three plays in. So. Oh, we didn't even get to that. I, last night, yeah. I had a couple of throws from the outfield where I thought I was still uh, still in high school, and I tried to, I, I'll 
You know, I'll, I'll be flying around out there, Chad, if you remember. I will launch the shit out of the ball without looking anywhere. Like, if I have to run quickly to my side, make a quick play, go home, go to third, wherever it might be, I'm pretty instinctful, and I'll, I'll put it on. I'll find the base without having to look at it. But, man, the the pain in the elbow, just the vibration in the elbow you have after that, I was a little worried. Woke up today, luckily, and wasn't wasn't hurting there. But if you're not careful, uh, you know, we're, we're not we're not kids anymore. I feel like the biggest thing that differentiates slow pitch teams is the pitcher. You know, some teams have these guys that can, yeah. you know, they're slow pitching, but they're dropping it in there nice. They are. Yeah, that's a big piece of it. And you got to throw straight. You cannot walk people in slow pitch as a pitcher. And um, I, that is a huge piece I learned last night is, if, I mean, you walk people, anyone can fucking smoke a ball out there because it's slow pitch, right? So gotta be you know it's, it's fun it's a good time it's a really good time no doubt um so let's get into it um for those who don't know you'll be listening to this tomorrow today is wednesday the sabers are going for a record it's a big night it's a big a night big to be a night. sabers fan 19 straight losses which would be is that a franchise or an nhl record i feel like we may be teetering on nhl record territory don't quote me on that but the boys are close they're going for 19 straight losses uh the lineup's just a doozy if you haven't gone to tw- if you don't follow the sabers twitter it's just not to, good it's no yeah you, you don't like to see it um so that's you know where we're at i won't be tuning in unless it's closely i want to see the celebration if they win um so that's all i want to say about the sabers Let's get into the final four is set. We have the top two teams from start to finish in Gonzaga and Baylor. They are both represented in the final four, along with a two seed in Houston and an 11 seed in UCLA. UCLA. Um, Honestly, can we start there? I need I I want Connor to have the floor uh, to talk about UCLA's opponent free throw shooting. Just your thoughts. I hate UCLA, man. They are boring to watch. There's Johnny Juzang's the only player on that team where I'm like, he's a good player. The rest of the team, I'm like, this Hame Hakez guy who's going for 30 a game pisses me off. I don't understand how he gets buckets. I don't get it at all. But shooting-wise, teams are 51 for 81 from the line against UCLA in the tournament. And that includes Michigan State going 16 for 18 in the final in the first four game. So in the actual tournament games, teams are shooting like 55%. That includes a 11 for 25 from Bama. Michigan goes, I think they were, I think they were, I want to say six for 11 last night, something like that. And these teams are barely losing. So if they could make half their free throws, UCLA is gone like three rounds ago. I just don't get it. Yeah, Michigan was 6 for 11. Not a lot of free throws uh, overall, but, man, I, uh, I went to bed. I did not have action on this game after, uh, after dumb bitch juice I slurped to take USC in the prior game. Um, I was like, let's sit this late one out. And these games are too goddamn late. 10 p.m. start is just absurd. Uh, but I woke up, um, saw that Michigan only put up 49 loss, could not believe that. Really, 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 really disappointed. Um, not really that that I dislike UCLA. I'm actually excited. I hope Bill Walton's involved in some capacity on the broadcasts. If CBS doesn't get him, total miss. 
But I'm disappointed because now Gonzaga is this for the final four game is going to be a blowout. I don't want that. It's going to be it's going to be terrible. Um, this is all leading up to UCLA just getting bopped by 30, 25, 30. Big, biggest spread in the final four game I ever. Don't envision any way this is close. I will not be betting against Gonzaga again. Um, I, I just don't think that this is a <laughs> this isn't going to be close. Gonzaga could win by 35 to 40, and I wouldn't. This be surprised. is this spread isn't big enough. 14 is it? 14 right now? Is that right? Yeah, it's tied big for the biggest opening spread in Final Four I'm history. Being honest, USC is a much better team than UCLA, and they lost by 20. So I just I don't know. It's a bummer. It's a real bummer. It, it's that, it's uh, hard to see how UCLA slows down Gonzaga, and that's how they've been winning games. I mean, Gonzaga is. Stupid stat yeah. everywhere. Gonzaga is the Kansas City Chiefs, and they can just turn it on wherever the hell they want. Other than against the Pats, or the, the I just said Pats because of Tom Brady, against the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Um, Way to catch yourself there. But, I mean, that that's disappointing, whereas that's going to be disappointing, and it's the late game, which sucks even more. Late game on Saturday is bad, but Houston-Baylor is going to be fun, I think. Those two teams have just ran through the tournament. Um, Houston, I will not... I, I bet against Houston. It seems like every game, and it's just pain every game. Um, so I don't know which way I'm going to go. Baylor's a five-point favorite, but it's uh, it's going to be a fun game. What do you think, Kyle? I've already thrown a hefty wager on the Baylor Bears. Okay. I think Mine's Baylor five. wins pretty big. I think Baylor wins by like 15. You, okay, but you haven't. You said you haven't watched a game since since Syracuse lost. So yeah, how can we and trust? I still, the because I have Baylor winning the national championship. I saw enough the rest of He's, the year. Oh. Houston's not losing this by 15. Remember when, he's, remember when he told us Clemson was going to win the national championship? Remember when John had, like, Texas, you know, Illinois. At least I went out on a limb and threw a team out there. Yeah, it's, I don't know your rationale there. You, you tried to make it seem like Clemson was, like, the, the Cinderella story of the, the 20th century. Boys, and guess what? Three of my four Final Four teams are still there, so... I, I can talk all I want beforehand, but when I lock my bracket in, I got three of the four still there. So great work. You're welcome. Um, nah, 15 is a lot. Uh, I'm excited for that game. I hope it's not two blowouts in the final four. I would stink, but either way, uh, we're probably end up with Baylor Gonzaga, which we were deprived of because of the COVID game getting canceled during the regular season. So let's but. give our, our picks on a, a Baylor Gonzaga matchup. I would let's let's try and set the line for the folks. Let's set the line. Let's set the over under on Gonzaga Baylor. And, you know, the fact that we do this, likely this will not wind up being the matchup because we'll just anti jinx it. But if those two were to play, what do you think? You well, guys I mean, think, I, I, everyone in the world's expecting this matchup. Yeah. So we're not the only ones here. You think it's Gonzaga minus five? Yeah, I'm trying to do like math in my head. Like if Gonzaga was five, then Houston would be ten. Or sorry, Baylor was five and Houston would be ten, but USC was nine. So I feel like I don't know if that's all making sense to me. So I feel Gen- like it'd be Baylor by like four and a half. Or, I will uh, say Gonzaga's smallest spread this year was minus four. I believe that was their game against uh, Iowa. Probably one of the. Could be wrong. I think yeah. it was against Iowa. I think depending on how. Bad Baylor or Gonzaga beats UCLA. I think it might be closer to seven or eight. I think it's, if it's Baylor, it's four and a half, five for me, and what I'm thinking. 
Um, just because it's honestly if they play Houston, Houston, it might be right around that USC line, nine and a half, yeah. ten. That's what I was thinking for Houston. But I think Baylor's four and a half, five. I think more Baylor's very, very good. Um, we'll see. Baylor's other, still my title pick. Well, good job, even though you'd Clemson, uh, also. I'm riding the Bears till they die. Um, that means the Zags are winning easy. So yeah. thank yes. you, Chad, for just giving Gonzaga their first championship under Mark Few. What a regret I have. I, I think it was before the Sweet 16, and then Gonzaga was plus 130 or something to win it all, and just didn't take it. Should have taken it. Pretty clear and obvious. They're the best team, and I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's really that close. Are they in the you know best team ever territory? They are. I think it's all over Twitter. Yeah. Um, if, if they pull off the championship, I think they will be the best team that I have watched. That it, the best team since I've been alive. They have just dominated and dominated, and they have had, you know, they're in the West, uh, whatever conference they're in, not a big conference, but they dominated Iowa when they played them. I believe it was Kansas earlier, dominated them. Blew Auburn out by about 40 early in the year. And then ran through this tournament, and if they beat Baylor and – they they've earned it they've earned that designation they beat the good they blew out virginia as well i forgot about that um but they have blown everyone out it's really been impressive closest game was to west virginia i think they only won by five that was their only game where they won by less than 10 i believe yeah so i i think we're all in agreement probably the best team of our lifetime if Gonzaga finishes this off looking the other way. If Baylor does it, they've got to be probably of our lifetime. One of the two or three best teams as well. No, I mean like 2015 Kentucky was up there for best teams ever. And they lost to Wisconsin. I'm not out here saying Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker are one of the greatest teams of our lifetime. Baylor's been the second best team in the country from start to finish as well. It's not like this team came out of nowhere. Yeah, they we barely beat uh, Iowa State. You, you got championship teams that are – you can't say it's top two, three team of our generation. That's absurd. No way. Then, absurd. Then how, then how are you saying about Gonzaga who's not a power five team? Well, are you they're joking? Not gonna they're not going to lose a game. They've beaten all these teams in, the, in their conference, non-conference, taking care of business, double-digit margin of victory, undefeated. Baylor has two losses coming talent. off a of COVID pause. What are you talking about? Baylor has two talking? losses coming off a of COVID pause. You guys are going to give Baylor no credit? They barely beat Baylor Iowa State credit. in the We're Big 12 tournament. Devaluing. two wins. You are devaluing the hell out of Gonzaga by saying that Baylor is a top two or three I team. Sh- when there's- I, I started this conversation by asking if Gonzaga was the best team ever. So not devaluing them. I'm just making the argument if Baylor finishes this off, they have to be considered you know, one of the two or best Two or three best you, teams of our life. You're saying if they win or if they lose? Yeah. No, if they win at all. Okay. I if was. They, I if, thought, they win, if they win by double digits, then sure. All right. You guys are. Connor's just discrediting Baylor. Bears are going to show tell up. you, having watched both of them live in person, they are not the same team. They are. Gonzaga is head and shoulders better than that Baylor team. Cool. Okay, quick timeout. How since when did you wind up with tickets to the game? 
or games? Were you just at like every Sweet 16 game since when? You never told anyone. I was at all, all four Elite Elite Eight games the past two nights. Was it a work thing? No, I just bought tickets. Wow. Thanks for telling me. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it was a good time. Indianapolis is a cool little Midwest city. Were, were like bars and stuff open, open for you guys to have a, a day of it, or was it kind of shut down? Um, Say that one more time. I said were bars open for you guys to have like a good time, or was stuff shut down? Yeah, I mean, they definitely had capacity limits, but they were open. I mean, they stayed open till like 2 a.m., so. Okay. Wow, guys. Interesting find I just found on the uh, the book here. They they have future potential matchups and, and spreads out on uh on some books. Gonzaga's minus five and a half over Baylor. They'd be nine and a half over Houston. We were like right on. You're welcome. We were right on. It wasn't just you. Um and also they are minus two ten to win it all. So that's I don't know. All, I hate them. Anything over minus 200, I'll hate, but I think that has value still. What's Baylor to win it all? Plus 240. Oh, I love that. And then a, a maybe the most intriguing is Gonzaga beating Baylor. Exact result is minus 110. So. Okay. Based I mean, I, that I, is that is a, a minus 110 parlay for Gonzaga Baylor money lines this week and Gonzaga the following week. That is what that is. Is a so now, over the next hour, I will decipher in my head what the value of that really is, and I might take it, because that's intriguing. Yeah. I mean, although I love Baylor, I still think the Baylor-Houston game is going to be close. I, you know, watched Houston um, handle Syracuse, and Houston definitely has a good team. Um, I keep saying Travion Grimes. That's an old Ohio State-Florida wide receiver. Quentin. Quentin Grimes. Um Good ball player can knock it down from the outside. Uh, I don't know how, you know, Baylor's perimeter defense is. Um, but, no, Houston has some some athletes in there that, that they do. Um, could I'm willing to say Davion, Davion Mitchell is the best player on Baylor. He's better than Jared Butler. That's my hot take. Even though it's not that hot, he was still an All-American. But. I will say, as disappointed as we were to get the Baylor-Gonzaga game canceled earlier in the year, it's almost nice that it didn't happen if they do play yeah. in the championship. Yeah, because if Gonzaga had beat them by 15 earlier in the year, then, you know, it may not have the same juice. But, no, this is definitely going to be exciting. You know, with all the chaos that's occurred in this tournament, in the end, it could still wind up being the two best teams playing for it all um any other you know takeaways um from this tournament honestly connor and i recorded before the sweet 16 i think my biggest surprise of the sweet six since the sweet 16 is you know loyola losing to oregon state that really surprised me um I thought Loyola would win that game and give Houston a run. We actually, in our little predictions, we had Loyola coming out of there. Um, so that that definitely surprised me. And then the performance Florida State put on, my, my one Final Four team that didn't make it against Michigan was an absolute disgrace. You know, Connor and I are both ACC basketball guys, and that, that left a bad taste for me. 
to, to see that. I mean, the conference, nothing went right all year. It was just one of those years. But but to see the performance Florida State put up against Michigan was just absolutely embarrassing. Um, they forgot how to score, literally. They just yeah. didn't know what they were doing on offense. They had no idea. No idea. Um, and then the other I, – I thought Oregon would beat USC, man. I don't know. Oregon just – they they played they beat Iowa and then they're like let's play the exact opposite against USC and that should work and it <laughs> didn't work out for them. Um, so any other you know final takeaways from the tournament? Um, I, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's been a weird year. One of the better tournaments I can remember. Like great yeah. games all around, surprising teams everywhere. I just I, I think the quality of games are going to fall off here, to be honest, now that the best teams are starting to separate themselves. But the yeah. tournament overall, I think, was fantastic this year. Yeah. I'm looking back here. I'm trying to find an updated scroll of the bracket because I believe just about every team who I was like total do not bet team was terrible. UVA lost early. I remember that. Iowa got blown out by Oregon. Knew they weren't going anywhere. Um, who else was on my do not bet list? Purdue lost in the first round. I mean, it's like all the teams I knew to not bet on seemed to lose. Um, and then I had too much faith in some other ones that I attached to. But the the fraud teams really proved themselves. Tennessee was another one. They turned into a fraud team midway through the year, lost immediately. Um, so that was nice. But then you had teams like Oklahoma State and Illinois just uh, didn't yeah. do shit. So. I think before we wrap up, we should briefly hit on um, Syracuse for the local fans. They just, I think we're all in agreement. They just, they didn't make shots against Houston. What are you going to do? I'm not overly, you know, salty about it. Houston was, you know, clearly the better team. And, you know, Syracuse, Connor and I talked about, they're going to have to make shots. And Houston did an incredible job defensively on Bayheim and really Gerard as well. They're just stronger, more athletic, and you know, Buddy couldn't get free for um for open shots. So is what it is. You know, nice for Syracuse to make it to the Sweet 16. Not talking about transfers, transfer portal, that program because I'm not happy at all right now. We're not going to discuss. I think that. we should dissect that. A little I bit. think we I, need to talk about I, that. No, I'm literally going to like. I. I How are you going to feel when Kadari Richmond's an All Conference player next year somewhere else? Kadari Richmond's going to be, you know, an, a first team All American with. Bring Kentucky him to next Columbia. Year. Send him to South Carolina. Frankel. Frankel work. You know what's? You know what cracks me up? There's the Syracuse fans that I think realize that Bayheim needs to go. And as an outside observer, he needs to go. He has 20 sweet 16s and one title in his entire 45 year career. He needs to go. And then there's the other Syracuse fans that are just content making the sweet Woodland. 16 every year. Woodland every single year. I have, listen, I have a group chat with Metzger and Woodland and like Woodland will defend Bayheim to his death. And listen, Beheim's obviously an incredible Hall of Fame coach, but you look at since the year Syracuse joined the ACC, 2014, when they started 25 and one, they beat Duke in the largest on-campus crowd in college basketball history. You were there. I was early. Uh, yeah, we were there. They have, I mean, 
Beheim's at a point where recruiting is not a priority for him. The guy's 70, what, eight years old. He's losing. Recruits right out of his backyard. Isaiah Store is, you know, one of the first five stars from Rochester in probably a decade plus. Didn't get him. Thomas Bryant was a four-star, borderline five-star. Didn't get him. Shit, a bunch of other kids went out to Washington. Kid from Syracuse wound up at Marquette. You cannot lose. Syracuse doesn't have a good recruiting footprint to begin with. And all of a sudden, they're limited to Canadian prospects. O'Shea Brissett, Quincy Garrier, Tyler Ennis. That's just not a recipe for success on top of, you know, not giving young guys an opportunity to prove themselves. I said back in fucking December that Kadari Richmond was the best player on the goddamn team. I said that. You can go back and cut the tape. Anyone go back to the old episode. You did. He is their best player. And my God, people thought I was crazy when the guy was playing 10 minutes a night. I'm like, listen, this guy is different. He is 10 times more athletic than anyone else on this team. He can get to the basket. His vision is insane. People don't like him because he isn't a good shooter yet. He shot 33% from three this year. Not that bad. Okay. And now you're going to go watch him be an all American at Kentucky. You know, multiple coaches have come out and said, we've had an eye on Richmond because there's been mumblings for the past month. Now that Richmond was potentially going to transfer. That's Bayheim's fault for not playing him for keeping Gerard in there and buddy Bayheim people, you know, last month, buddy Bayheim played like an, an all American. The first half of the season, he was terrible. Should have been taken out of game. Should not have been playing 40 minutes. But Beheim decided to favor his son, favor his son's buddy in Joe Girard, and that killed him. And guess what? Now they lose Richmond. They lose Broswell. Um, so, I don't know. Shame on Joe Beheim. Girard sucks. The yeah. fact that Girard's getting, like, exponentially more minutes than Kadari is just fucking ridiculous. And, yeah, and after Also, h- how do you come out and say and already announce that he's the starter for next year? Like, yeah. that's why Richmond transferred, essentially. I saw that report was refuted. That one might not be yeah, true. Yeah, Beheim denied it. But, I mean, bottom line is how can you, you know, Beheim came out and said, that's not what I said. I said the best player would play. But that's bullshit because the best player didn't play this year. He played Gerard. He didn't play Richmond. Mm-hmm. So are you going to say the best player is going to play if that's not the case? He likes to play, you know, his his buddy, but his sons and his buddies. I mean, it's just. it, it is, uh, is Dolajai coming back? Dolajai should be back. Um, he, can we get him into a weight room? I he eat, dude. I don't a, think he what can. What a scrawny little white dude. He's got to get bigger. He's got to get thicker, girthier, and, and assert himself. He is. He's just too skinny. If he I was know. like, if he had fifty more pounds, I think he'd be a much better player. No doubt. I don't know if he's. I mean, they've tried, you know, weight programs with him, and nothing's worked. So. Hopefully he's back. I mean, he's an that man takes way too many charges, dude. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He, I think he led the country in fouls. As Christ, well. I think that Chad could fucking knock him over if he ran in. He's so little, skinny little guy. I don't know how he's. I don't know how he's doing anything. Truthfully, I don't know he's getting bodied around down there. He's got to get. He's got to get bigger. Yeah. So that that's our Syracuse talk. Got me fired up a little bit. My dad. Last thing, my dad did ask me if I missed the the Syracuse treks to the Carrier Dome. Through the oh. hell and black ice and snow and sleet. Did, did you say you, you miss him so much? Oh, yeah. He does, too. Big time. What about the drive home? The drive home, starting with the 
two and a half hours in the parking deck, it's the funnest time. With the people <laughs> praying at like yelling at you yeah. about yelling prayer at you while you just sit in your misery for two and a half hours, you feel like you're never gonna move, you're never gonna <laughs> smile again. Uh, anyway, Syracuse, New York. All hey, right, cut us off. Fuck. And Syracuse, not Syracuse, and the Buffalo Sabers um, are up to nothing in the first period. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Breaking news. Um, we're going to talk now a little NFL draft talk along with MLB preview. Just want to throw in there. Um, the Kings are red hot. They've won seven of eight. De'Aaron Fox is like just an absolute machine. I, I love watching Sacramento Kings basketball. Uh, that's all I wanted to say there. Back to our regularly scheduled programming NFL draft. We haven't talked since when, when were those trades? Not since we've recorded last. So uh, the dolphins gave us a concussion sometime last week, late last week, Friday, they essentially traded back to 12 traded back up to six. What they Um, did was an absolute mastery of just GMmanship. Chris Greer, an absolute mastery of the GM position of the GM role, uh, trades back from three to 12, picks up two first round picks the next two years, flips 12 down to, to Philadelphia with one of those picks. So you, to get pick number six. So he moved back three slots and picked up a whole nother first round draft pick in, uh, one of I the will, following seasons. I'll say it's only right that the sorry ass franchise of Philadelphia Eagles allowed that to happen. That, need, I mean, we need Mike Rod on here right now. Disgusting front office play from the Eagles. And that happened because I saw the Eagles were trying to get up to three, and they failed. And they're like, "Shit, we'll just go to 12. Works for us." Yeah, yeah. Rodriguez, I'm sure, is thrilled. Um, so on that note, John, I think bottom line is this. The trade is worth it so long as both Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts aren't taken at the four or five picks by the Falcons yeah. and the Bengals. Yeah. If, if, if Pitts goes four and the Bengals go five, probably the last thing the Dolphins want or want to happen. So I think as long as Panay Suel goes to the Bengals and or a quarterback goes to Atlanta, Miami kind of like their plan works out. Yeah. Um, I will say with Cincinnati, the smart play for them, we've talked about it. Cincinnati needs a goddamn offensive line to protect Joe Burrow. It's so bad. Like give the poor guy some help. But from what I've heard, Burrow wants Jamar Chase, his former teammate at LSU. So I don't know how much of a say he'll have in it, but something to monitor there. And, you know, people have said the Falcons are or may the Falcons have talked to Kyle Pitts multiple times. I think they talked to him for a fourth time today. It's overwhelmingly looking like we're going to take Pitts, especially considering the Matt Ryan restructure, which is very similar to what the Saints have done with Drew Brees in the past. I think that the front office is confident at least another two to three years with Ryan. So um, I think Pitts is the play. If Fields drops the four, you have to look about it, look at it long and hard. Yeah, but I do think they'll go with Pitts. 
So, John, before those trades took place, well, when Miami was deciding to make those trades, they had to know that there was a possibility Pitts and Chase could go five and six, meaning if the Dolphins are four and five. So meaning the Dolphins moving back to six, they could risk missing out on both of those guys, which leads me to think they're really high on one of Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. Do you agree with that? I don't think if they're not not high on those two guys, how can you justify trading back knowing that, you know, Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts could both be gone at six? Here's where we are. are. I think we're in the best position a team has been in going into a draft that any team has been in the last five years. Is that crazy? Is that a crazy statement? So we have our quarterback. We don't really need that. We've got a really good. I think. I mean, really I mean, let's back it up. I mean, I was gonna say I agree with you, but it does all hinge on Tua's development this year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let me rephrase my situation because now it's a ridiculous. What I said was ridiculous. If Tua pans out, so now this is a huge like piece riding on it. But let's say Tua is a good quarterback. He's a, he's a good starting quarterback, 10th best quarterback in the league his whole career, whatever. That's serviceable. I feel like that could get you with the right people around you, probably one Super Bowl. Um, let's say that's true. But, like, we we can sit there if we get Chase or Pitts, plan A works. That's a great plan. I feel like plan B, Chad, might even be – I don't think they're afraid to move back again. If they can. If they get the right deal, someone comes calling, pick up a few more early early draft picks – and then move back and get a guy like Slater, an offensive lineman. Brings me to my next point. They might go Penny, Suwell at six. I wouldn't hate that either. No, I, I agree. And See, I that's think why. That if, if they miss out, because honestly, you could even move back to that back to like, like that 10, 15 range and probably get a Waddle. Smith might be gone. I don't really know where Smith is being evaluated. I don't really know what Smith's looking like. I've seen him fall behind Waddle in, in a yeah. lot of mocks. I've okay, so he's falling. More. I haven't heard his name much, so I figure he's probably slipping. Um, but even, you know, get back there and you get a Rondell Moore, you get a Rashad Bateman, you pair that with a Slater, you pair that with a different lineman. They're in a spot where they, they have a ton of flexibility and they're not bound to any situation. Like they can go a lot of different ways. And that's why I say they're in a, one of the best positions a team has been in going into a draft. <laughs> not obviously you want to, you want to have that, that assurance that two is going to pan out. So I'm assuming he is, if not, then this is totally thrown out the window. I was going to say. Even for the this year's draft is is interesting because the yeah. Dolphins are essentially picking at three, even though they're at six. They, yeah. they weren't going to take a quarterback there, and there's going to yeah. be quarterbacks one, two, three. So and you you've got a you got two second round picks, so you're, you're you're sitting really pretty, right? Yeah, I think the move from bottom line is the move back, netted out from three to six. All that was signaled was I don't think they love Sewell if they were in love with the Oregon offensive lineman they would have stayed at three because you would have had to you would have had to stay there to get him to me it signals they don't necessarily love him I I don't know if that necessarily is true I think that when you're going back to six now you know that the three quarterbacks you're not even worried about you're not even targeting are gone like Connor said you're picking at three essentially now and if you like Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, and Penny Sue all about the same. There you have them all about evaluate the same on your board. You're like, shit, let's just see which one we get. 
Yeah, I, I'm with John. I think it signals the that they didn't time, want a quarterback. If you don't like that on the day of the draft, you can say, shit, if we don't like this one we get, let's trade back and get more picks. We know what we're doing. I, I just yeah. don't think that that's – I don't think they're in a spot of concern in any regard. I don't know. No, I also I, think it was a vote of confidence in Tua. I mean, yeah, it is. And I think that's huge for his confidence. Like I said, give this man this offseason. If he comes out next year and looks like he did this year, all right, I'll pull back and I'm going to have some concerns. But I'm still in, in Tua camp. I'm camped Tua. I, I, I think there's definite flexibility, and I still wouldn't hate a trade back if, let's say, Pitts and, you know, Chase go ahead of them. I'm, I'm fine with a trade back just because I think there's still great guys they can get in that. Chad made it a long time without the audio going. Really, really deep into the episode. I, I think he said it. there's some great guys they can get in the 10 to Yeah, yeah 10 to there 12. Are. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. your boy Rondell Moore, I would love him. At, at yeah. our picket where we're at 18. And if yeah. we have to get him at 13 because they're all gone, fine. That's fine. Yeah. All right. So, so Jaguars are locked in with Trevor Lawrence. We don't need to talk about that. Are you guys believing all of the, the, the news that, you know, the jets are locked in on, on Zach Wilson. I haven't seen a mock draft in the last two weeks that hasn't had Zach Wilson going to the jets. Are we all in agreement? That's he, he's minus 500 to be the second okay. overall pick. So it, it seems pretty likely that he's going to go there. Okay. I don't and necessarily then, know if they're locked in. I don't know. Interestingly enough, the, the third pick, Fields, Lance, and Mac Jones, they've all been basically Jones was plus 150 the day before their pro day. Then the pro day happened, and he moved to plus 175, and Trey Lance and – Justin Fields moved ahead of him. Trey Lance, I, I haven't heard any talks about him going three, but he's been in there constantly. So I don't know how the Niners take Trey Lance when they're looking for, like, I think most people think the Niners are a Super Bowl contending team with a legitimate quarterback. I don't know if they have time to be patient with Trey Lance. I just don't see that as a fit there. Um, I, I, can see, uh, I can also see the... Falcons trading someone trading up to five to get one of those quarterbacks before someone else does. I could see that happening. Yeah, I, I think it's very likely that the Falcons trade out of the four pick. And that would give us Pitts. one of Jamar Chase yeah. or Pitts again, Chad. I still think that that's a very firm possibility that the Falcons move back uh, once they see who's going at two and three. So, yeah, and that I think be happening until the pick, though, until the pick, the moment of the pick. The, yeah, and the thing with the Panthers, or not the Panthers, the Falcons is, we know one team that will look to move up is the Panthers, but the Falcons aren't going to trade with the Panthers. The, the Patriots are going to look to move up as well. Patriots, potentially, potentially the Bears. Um, so there's some teams that, yeah, you know. It worked out real well for the Bears last time they moved up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I think the best possible landing case – landing spot for Justin Fields is San Francisco. Um, I think that would be absolutely perfect. Um, him with Kyle Shanahan is just sex in the mouth. Um, I, I really hope that the 49ers don't screw this up and take Mac Jones. Um, I don't really want to talk. Justin Fields is the second best player in this draft jets are dumb jets are going to be bad for another six years until they decide to draft a quarterback again because they just refuse to just take things simply um i will say for the falcons i think so 
if they do take a quarterback, it sounds like Fields is the only guy that they would consider at four. So as much as it pains me that I think he's a generational talent and would dominate in Shanahan's offense, I think if he goes at four, that almost ensures that we take Kyle Pitts, which by the day I'm more and more excited about because that guy is an absolute freak. Um, But if Fields is gone by four, they will take Pitts or trade down. That's my prediction. Yeah. John, so who are – so not in terms of the teams, just which prospect do you like more right now? Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase? Tough one. Pitts. Knocked me off my train of thought. I've been – I've been – Kyle Pitts. Okay, still Pitts. I Uh, think it – Super happy with either. Super happy with either. I think the only reason I'd take Pitts is, like, depending on the offense, you see how teams use, like, Kelsey and Kittle. Like, there's just – such a nightmare matchup the, with the, the tight end like that. Of and, and just shouldn't be that athletic type of it. Shouldn't be running a 4-4-4 at his yeah. size. He, he's the an underrated blocker, too, from what I've been reading. Huh? He's an underrated blocker from what I've been reading, yeah. too. The, the versatility of a player like that is unbelievable. But Jamar Chase is also just tremendous. So, happy with either. Yeah. Um, trying to think of... So we, we hit on Panthers, a, a team that may look to move up, but obviously they can't move up with the Falcons. Only other possibility is that also another piece on Pitts. He's got to be the highest rated tight end prospect that we have had since Kellen Winslow Jr. Uh, when was the I last remember, time a tight end went top five? Hawkinson went seventh overall, I believe, or eighth. To the Lions. That guy is not even the same type of no way. He's good. He's good, he's but good he's not the same. Yeah. Just... Kellen Winslow was selected sixth overall by the Browns in the 2004 NFL draft. He could be the highest. I feel like there's no way Pitts falls out of the top five. I don't. He. Well, I guess we would need him to. Miami take him at six, but it, team there would have to be four or five quarterbacks that went yeah. top five for that to happen. Like Chad, realistically, do I think we're gonna get Pitts? I'm pretty worried we're not. Like I'm pretty. I don't know. Well, the point you make about, uh, like, if the Bengals take Jamar Chase at four, that's our best bet. for At five. Because I, th- I really think the Falcons are going to trade back. Quarterback goes there, and if that happens, we would get Pitts at six. I mean, that's the thing. You know, the Bengals, obviously, they need line help. Burrow loves Jamar Chase, but then the Bengals also don't have a tight end. So yep. I have no idea what they would do. I think from a Dolphins perspective, you want the Falcons to take a quarterback at four. Oh, yeah. Um, And then the other thing you got to keep in mind is if Mac Jones, for some ungod, for whatever reason, winds up going third or um, Trey Lance and the Falcons skip a quarterback, let's say the Falcons go Kyle Pitts, Carolina is going to be on the phone with Cincinnati to get to the fifth pick to to take whatever you know quarterback is left. Fourth pick. No, since he pick, picks at five. Atlanta. He, he's at he's saying that Atlanta takes Kyle Pitts and Justin Fields is still on the board at five. Yeah. Oh, is it is Atlanta at four and Cincinnati's at five? Yeah. No, I thought it was the other way around. Anyway. We we were originally behind you guys one pick, but since you guys traded back, now we're two ahead of you. It's a lot of moving parts, dude. But uh <clears throat> I don't have much left to talk about. The last thing I have on the draft is just this. One of the more open ones, I feel like I'm very excited to see how it unfolds. Still a month out, but. I'm out, Connor. Yeah. So, 
Um, trying to think of other, you know. I think we just had a guest appearance from Mike Rodriguez. Uh no, my my other roommate Rodriguez. He's uh he's taken out for taking off for Easter. Pedro. Um, maybe I I don't know if I feel like this way every before every draft. I feel like this one's exceptionally deep at almost every offensive position. Yeah. And then edge rusher that's just dog shit all over the place. <laughs> yeah, Greg Greg Rousseau's the number one prospect. Stay you need if the Falcons take him, keep me away from him. My gosh. Yeah. You know, you got Micah Parsons there who I think's a phenomenal talent. It's just the off the field stuff. I'm I'm out on him. Brian Fuller is yeah. building a nice culture so, in Miami. Ma- I don't Micah Parsons, there. I have a uh, a friend from school who works at uh Athletes First, the uh same agency that represents Deshaun Watson, actually. Um, he texted me, you do, in all caps, you do not want Mar- Micah Parsons. They also represent him. And that was, a, that was a big red flag for me. So, Anything you can provide for the audience? I, I couldn't get couldn't get too much more details. I, I also tried to dig into the Deshaun situation a little more, but uh, it's very hush-hush uh, for obvious reasons. News. News. Wow. Um, Situation to monitor there. <clears throat> Chad, also, give me Trey Sermon in the mid-rounds. Take him as high as third round. I want him. I don't care. So He was get fully him. healthy at his pro day. I thought he was going to be out for way longer. Get him! Get him! Yeah, I didn't know he was going to be healthy either. Um, he was... I think it all comes down to, you know, what they what they think of him out of the backfield catching the ball, which you didn't see a lot of that at Ohio state, but I I think he's a phenomenal runner that in reality, doesn't have a huge workload concerns. I mean, he he split time in his two or three years at Oklahoma and obviously didn't get a ton of, of usage up until the last three games with Ohio state, really two games, the big 10 championship and then the semifinal. Um, so, so he's a guy that, you know, I think is anywhere between the third and fifth round, just how the chips fall, really. Um, running backs are going to be interesting this year. I, I am a firm believer that Najee could go as high as probably who has the 11th pick. I have him in the 11 to 20 range. I think Najee is about a, as good of a running back prospect as we've seen in the last, you know, probably five to seven years. I think he's right up there equivalent with Saquon Barkley in terms of uh, a prospect. Um, no, I think no, he, no, in reality, no, you need to rethink gonna, that statement. hundred percent. No, just as good of out of the back. Not as my, a pass catcher. Barkley, Elliott and McCaffrey all head and shoulders, better prospects in my opinion. If this was five years ago, um, Najee would be a top seven pick, but I mean, running back has been so devalued in recent years because of injuries, because of, you know, wear and tear on running backs. I think the market has completely changed. If Saquon was draft eligible this year, I don't think he would be selected in the top 10. Just my opinion. But I think Najee winds up going 15 to Arizona, Arizona, let Kenyon Drake go. I think Najee would be a perfect fit there. Um, and then the only other guy that's could wind up going in the first round is ETN. Um, so there's we'll, some scouts that still like ETN better than Harris, which, which I, I also think Harris is better, but, uh, I think they were, they were saying that ETN has uh, a better ability to, for the explosive plays, whereas Harris ETN, is just the ETN's overall better player. Board. He's off my board. Okay. <laughs> 
All right, South Carolina. Was he, was he ever I, on your board? <laughs> I think he, yeah, I think he secretly stinks. Uh, give me Javante Williams out of North Carolina over him and Trey Sermon, please. Is Trevor Lawrence Check, off please. John? Trevor Lawrence is the number one pick. ETN He's off. Okay. Come back to that statement when he actually stinks. I'll be right. All right. Um, Wait. No. One last thing, because Matt Marzullo's texting me. Matt, I, I got nothing for you for that 28-29 pick for the Packers. I couldn't tell you who they're going. But uh, if you feel strongly about it, please let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. Pat, I, uh, talk about Rondell Moore gets to 28 or 29. I still think the Packers could use a wide receiver, too. Aaron yeah, Rodgers with Rondell Moore just toss it behind the line of scrimmage for him. Matt said he likes Bateman a lot. Bateman would be nice in that offense as well. Yeah. You know who else has been shooting up is um Elijah was it Elijah Moore? Yeah, from yeah. Ole Miss. He he showed yeah. out at his as he should day. be. He's a, he's a little. They, I tell you what, mold of AJ Brown, a little bit smaller, but. And the other one uh, that showed out at his pro day was Tutu Atwell, Louisville wide receiver. He'll be wind up being probably a second or third round pick. Well, I mean, he basically had you throwing him the ball the past two years, so he, yeah. he could be very underrated. Yeah, and. Oh, Dolphins can't take him. I can't do another Louisville wide receiver. Devontae Parker was more than enough for me. Yeah. Quick South Carolina chatter. J.C. Horn showed out. Uh, he's going to go in the first half of the first round at cornerback. He's he's cornerback, probably two behind Sertan. My, my buddy's agency also represents J.C. Horn. Said he's an incredible talent. He, he, he also is. thinks that he's flying up boards. Fantastic, as he should be. Since we're doing pro day updates, Ohio State pro day. Um Jonathan Cooper, they're going to have probably 10 guys in the first four rounds. Just just a good program. Um, Must be nice. Yeah, it is. It is. It's relieving. Um, BC is coming for that ass. Give us three BC, years. BC, I like BC football. Coach Halfley. Halfley. Great guy. Give there. South Carolina 17 to 21 years. <laughs> yeah. We'll figure it out with it, man. It's gonna be like the year of John's. It's gonna be John's kid's first birthday. They're finally gonna make the playoff. <laughs> John's fiftieth birthday party. They're, they're gonna be in the college football playoff. We're gonna to go to a bar with John for his fifth. Yo, whenever we South make Carolina. It, if we make it while I'm while I'm here, uh, we're gonna go out. We're gonna go somewhere. It's gonna be a good time. You guys are invited. Yeah. All right. Game actually. Fuck. The, the year is 2048. People are still getting vaccines. <laughs> South Carolina football has just won their 10th game. <laughs> the boys are on episode 10K of the seventh rounders. <laughs> yeah. yeah, John's kid comes on for a guest appearance. <laughs> Man, what a life. Wonderful we had floating cars by then. Addy seems <laughs> to think that within 50 years we're going to be like all fully not even having to drive the cars anymore. I'm like, I don't know. That's a little soon. We'll see. I mean, they're already testing I mean, there's already companies that have self-driving cars, but well, apparently, I know, like, everyone, like everyone will be there at that point. I just, I think all it takes is like you get enough people doing it and then everyone's going to be, it's like the shift from, you know how people used to have like the manual shift. Yeah. It's going to be like the same, the same thing. it take like five to 10 years. I mean, 50 years, who knows? They could be back, you know, college football could be running wishbone offenses all over the place. <laughs> It's a 64 team playoff by that anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah everyone makes it. The, the NFL has gone extinct due to concussion concerns. 
Yeah, they do two regular yeah. season college football games, and it's just a 128-team playoff. We, we could do a whole episode on this shit, but before we get derailed, I'm going to pull us back. <laughs> MLB starts tomorrow, back in the back in the current, present, real life, current life situation. I'm looking at how my hair is all sweaty. I keep, like, manipulating the shapes of it in the little camera. It looks terrible. Wow, you're, you got a nice – I never noticed it before, but your receding hairline is popping today. It is, yeah. It's because my hair is bad. I, so I, I tell my dad this all the time. Um, I've got a good head of hair, which I didn't get from my mom's side, but I got a bad hairline, which I get from my dad's side. Um, it's a tough situation, but my hair will never go away. Like it is what it is. It's been like this also for years. Um, it's I mean, your brother, like your brother has the same hairline. It's gonna stay like this forever. It'll just, I'll keep it. It's just, I start, you know. Here we are. Um, baseball starts Let's- tomorrow. Reel us back in Reel again. Reel us back um, in again. Thanks, Chad. We uh, have the odds of listen. for the 2021 World Series, if you're ready for those. Okay. Um, so this may be before the Aloy Jimenez injury. Not sure. But right now we have the Dodgers as the plus 350 favorites. The Yankees at plus 550. We have the Padres and White Sox tied at plus 900. Braves Mets at plus a thousand and then the twins at plus 1800. It's really, there's really what four phenomenal teams in the NL and the AL is kind of shitty. I mean, a complete the Yankees and everybody else. Yeah. People have high expectations for the white Sox, but we've had high expectations for them for, I feel like three years now. Yeah. So, I I mean, the Dodgers, I think, are just so hard to, you know, overlook them at this point. They go and they add Trevor Bauer, who is coming off a of Cy Young. You have, you know, Corey Seager, people forget four years ago, was, you know, relating it to fantasy, was a top 10 fantasy pick, was the best young shortstop in the game. He dealt with injuries the past, you know, two and a half years and was the best hitter outside of Arena in the playoffs last year. He's been raking in the preseason. Um, he is one of the NL MVP favorites. So you, you have a Corey Seager back at it. You have Cody Bellinger. You have Mookie Betts, who's one of the three best hitters in baseball. I mean, the Dodgers are cheat code. Um, the team that I, you know, I think has good value coming out of the AL is the Oakland athletics led by two young pitchers and AJ puck and Jesus Lazardo. Um, they always have a solid bullpen. They have, you know, bats and Matt Chapman and Matt Olson. Um, and then, you know, good role players. Uh, I think that's a team that, you know, as good as anyone in terms of coming out of the AL and representing in the world series, um, so I like that. I like the the A's at plus twenty five hundred. Kind of fading the Blue Jays at plus twenty two hundred. Real quick, Tampa Bay is down at twenty five hundred. They were just in the World Series. Is that a little low? Did they lose some guys? Why are they so low? They Charlie lost Morton, Snell. Blake Snell, both okay. gone. That's just the two pitchers. Yeah. I don't hate that at all. I feel I, like the Rays are a team that always figure the pitching out. They never. They brought Chris. So I'm really interested. They brought Chris Archer back tumultuous in Pittsburgh as most uh no what if he's nice what if he's nice back in, in Tampa he, I think this is our five starter very low I mean, risk Tampa's very good one of the best teams at developing talent no question yeah. about that yeah um, squad. 
if I'm taking a flyer on any team, I think the Atlanta Braves have decent value. Uh, if Soroka's healthy, they have a nice uh, one, two, three, four with Soroka, Freed, uh, Ian Anderson, and Charlie Morton. Oh, and and Fulton Awich, yeah. Um, they have great bats. I I think I I like their value more than I think I know the Padres are pretty popular with the addition of Blake Snell and obviously having Tatis and all the other superstars. But I think the Braves are are worth a uh, a flyer. Other than that, I don't think there's any teams worth betting on because, like you mentioned, I do think the Dodgers are probably going to repeat. I like the Braves more than the Padres as well and the Mets, uh, if we're including them in there. I, I mean, the Braves lineup is is awesome. You know, you got Acuna, Ozzy Albies at the 1-2, and then you've got Freddie Freeman, who's, in terms of pure hitters, is probably one of the five best in baseball. Ozuna. Um, Ozuna. Is Josh Donaldson still there? Or was he a one-year deal last year? I believe he came back. They also Swanson had a great year last year. Yeah, uh, Christian um, Pache, who's the young yeah. up and I mean, yeah, their lineup's loaded. Their lineup, I mean, is just as good as the Dodgers, probably better than the Yankees. Um, in terms of you know, um, individual awards, um. My pick for AL MVP is Michael Trout, Michael G. Trout. Um, he's the guy. Is this going to be his tenth, his tenth MVP or something right, like that? Right about, the, right about there. You know, it's not like the NBA where they just give it out to random guys when it should be LeBron every year. Um, Trout, Trout will probably win AL MVP. AL Cy Young, I, I, I love Lucas Giolito. Um, it, the AL Central is so bad, it's frightening like beyond bad. So I think Giolito in that division could dominate um, with, you know, a lineup that's pretty good Um, in the NL. I think Soto grabs his first NL MVP at age 21. Um, Just an outstanding hitter as good as it gets. Um, And then NL Cy Young, couple different directions you could go here but I think the Mets are better I think it's probably DeGrom's award to lose um so I think I'm going to go DeGrom for NL Cy Young um but I mean watch out for if Bauer repeats what he did with Cincinnati he could easily win it um, speaking of Cincinnati, Lu- um, Luis um, Castillo is a stud as well. Um, so that'll be interesting. And then another sleeper pick for the World Series is the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, <laughs> led by Cabrian Hayes. Could be a phenomenal team. He, he, he is the heavy favorite to win NL uh, Rookie of the Year. Good. He was like a plus 300, for Johnny. I think. The Pirates' win total is set at 58.5, so I'm just trying to figure if the Sabres, who current win percentage is 214, will finish <laughs> with a better win percentage than the Pirates, who, if they hit that 58 wins, would be about 320, I think. Man, it feels good to like the two worst yeah. teams in their sports. John has a— Thank God you're not a Houston Rockets fan. Yeah, this is a nice trio we have for John. John, in terms of sports fandom, John has a trio of— 
South Carolina football, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Buffalo Sabres. The, the Dolphins of all teams are booing me right now. They're, yeah. they're keeping me afloat. Like, yeah. not, they're not keeping me afloat. I'm drowning still, but they're helping <laughs> me get closer to the surface. You, you can see the bottom of the ship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're like I'll, my I'll, follow, I'll follow up Chad though. Uh, AL MVP. I'm also gonna go with Mike Trout. He's like a heavy, heavy favorite. Um, AL Cy Young. Since you took my guy Giolito, who was who was my my sleeper pick, I'm gonna swing back around to AL Cy Young. I gotta think about that a little bit. NL Cy Young. I like you, Darvish, to win the award in San Diego. Um, I think they're gonna be great. He was electric the end of last year and arguably could have won it over uh, Bauer. And then NL MVP, Bieber. I'm going to go. Say Bieber. that again? You said no. Bauer. You mean Bieber? You Darvish was in the NL last year. No? Yeah. Maybe yeah, I wasn't paying um, And then uh, NL MVP, I'll go with uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. from the Braves. I think I do think it's going to be him or Soto. I think it's, um, you know, they're both due for one. Um, John, I'll, I'll let you go. I got to think of, of, uh, AL Cy Young. Did you guys do, um, World Series also or no? I just said, I like the, the value on the Braves. I do think the Dodgers win it though. Okay. And uh, from the AL, I think it's, I think we're going to get a Yankees Dodgers World Series. I think that's been, so we've, I think predicted the done an MLB preview. This is our third one. And the first two, I, I did the Dodgers and Yankees for both of them, and the Yankees have failed me. So I'll I'll go back to the well. Dodgers, Yankees, World Series. Um, the Dodgers win. Okay. John, I think your AL Cy Young is, you know, your draft pick this year. You got to go with them, right? Oh, obviously. But I wasn't gonna get. I wasn't gonna do that one first. I wanted to do my World Series first here. Um. Sorry. I'm going. Mets. Athletics. Jesus Christ. I tell you what, if you bet that, if you can find that bet, you will be stupid rich if that actually happens. What are the odds? What are their odds? Uh, you can you can bet World Series matchups. So let me find that while you keep going through your. That'd be crazy. I just don't want to say Yankees Dodgers because everyone in the world's going to say that. But um, I do like the Mets. I think they're a good team. If they can stay healthy, that's the problem is they never can stay healthy. Um, and I, I like with, a lot. My worry with the Mets, I feel like they're, they're, they have these huge expectations this year, and I just don't know if they have the team to respond to that. The Padres also could be very, very legit. Um, can't figure out that. All right. MVP awards. I'm going Mike Trout in the AL. That's just it, – it's his to lose every year. Um, and in the NL, I'm going to go. This is a tough one. Who won it last year? For what? Is it Freddie Freeman? I'm, I'm, last year? Yeah, Freddie Freeman. Okay. I don't think. I believe Tati. I believe Tati's finished second in voting last year. Yeah. And then AL last year was uh, the White Sox first baseman. Uh, Abreu. Jose Abreu. Yeah. Whom I snagged in the draft. It's all right. Um, he, he he played for me last year. It's great. There you go. NL MVP, I'm going to go with also Juan Soto. Um, okay. I like him a lot, Chad. I think that was a good call. I wanted to be different, but I already just done, done a ridiculous World Series pick, so I'm done with that. Uh, AL Cy Young, I'm definitely on Shane Bieber. I think he's going back-to-back. There's a reason I took him. 
That's all I'll say about back it. to back. He, he currently has the second best odds behind Garrett Cole. He's plus 400. I'm, my AL Cy Young, I'm going to go with Tyler Glass now. Okay. Wow. Will he stay healthy? Speaking of guys who get hurt. Oh, yeah. no. He's fantastic when healthy, though. Yeah. Um, and my NL MVP, or sorry, NL Cy Young. This is tough. DeGrom's got to be the heavy favorite, right? He is a heavy uh, favorite. DeGrom's plus 425, followed by Trevor Bauer at 700, Skurzer at 950, Bueller at 1,000, then you Darvish, Nola, and Blake Snell at plus 1,200. I think Aaron Nola low-key is sneaky if the Phillies have a nice bounce-back year. Give me Walker Bueller. He was so, so I know the draft that if, if it got to it, I was going to strongly consider him for my second pick. I think he was on, good he's on the squad. He's on the he's in New Zealand this year. Hey, he's a good player. Um, so I know they added Bauer, but Bueller's still their opening day starter, I believe. No, there's no way. Really? No. I thought he would. Be, I guess that'd be kind of a slab in the face as Cy Young winner, right? You can't really do well, that. Well, no, I would assume Kershaw's the opening day starter. No, no way, or, Clayton Kershaw. Let, let's see, let's dude, see. I'm gonna find Bueller that out. Has like an eight ERA and. Andy's only pitched a couple games in the Cactus League, so I, I doubt he's the starter. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. It is opening day starter. While you guys do that, two, two oh yeah, it is Kershaw. That's that's why Kershaw wild to me. Bauer Bueller. Two uh, futures I placed yesterday. Very minimal bets. A six dollar and a nine dollar bet. <laughs> Pretty nice. Oh, why'd you uh, pick those numbers, huh? Home run winners this year, I took two. I took Marcelo Zun at plus 3,600 and Bryce Harper at plus 2,300. Do I expect to win those? Absolutely not. But if I do, both pay out of 200 for a minimum. I plan on on taking Teoscar Hernandez to lead the AL in home runs this year. Wow. Um, I like Ian Anderson to win the NL Rookie of the Year. I know that would be betting against my boy Cabrian Hayes, but Ian Anderson, also on Los Aces, think he's a really good pitcher. We beat him back I mean, in the day in the States, by the way. That division has two fantastic young pitchers. Uh, Sixto Sanchez is right above yep. Ian Anderson for Rookie of the Year odds. Yep. Huh. Any uh, closing remarks here? Well, um, I'm I excited get... to have a full baseball season. Me I'll too. tell you that much. I Fantasy was way off last year. With Yeah, with I didn't give a shit about it, any of it, anything to do with it last year. I'm very excited for, uh, for opening day tomorrow. Yeah. Now, no, how heavily – I don't typically bet baseball that much just because there's so many games and it's a shit show. Do you guys plan on, on getting in most days? Or? I I will bet opening day, but outside of opening day, probably just an occasional – after sipping on a couple of adult sodas, maybe. A Saturday, night, a Saturday night soiree, maybe. Yeah, maybe, a, you know, a matinee, a day baseball. Uh, which I lose. You always lose day baseball bets. Never forget that. Number one rule going into baseball season is you will lose your day baseball bets. You don't hit those. All right. And with that, I, I believe and that's Chad it. makes it uh, my almost. last call for this week. Oh, and here he is. He's back. Do you guys have a last call? Sure. My last call is the sticks. I just love it. Keeps you sharp mentally. um, And, you know, I get to yell. So it's pretty fun.
cut. My last call, I am eligible April 6th to receive my vaccines. I highly recommend everyone get a vaccine out I think there. I'm, I think we're like the 16th in North Carolina for us. Well, let's let's get everybody vaccinated. Let's have a summer. Let's, let's get a, a seventh time. rounders summer soiree in Nashville. I'm in. We keep I'm talking in. about it. Let's do it. Chad, take some action. Find us an Airbnb. Um, if you if so, we need someone to get a ball rolling on this, and it's got to be you, I think. Okay, so. I can show some leadership. All right, any one of our fans that listening, slap um, it on your resume. Mr. and Mrs. Clemens, if you'd like to come, email me. Um, Mr. Clemens would have a great time in Nashville, I think. Oh, yeah. Just we could walk, you know, late night. We have some cocktails and then take a walk through Vandy's campus. He'd love it. Yeah, he would. Is is Vandy right in downtown Nashville? Yeah. Yeah. It's like probably a 15 minute walk from like the honky tonk. So you're in in Nashville. You're you're well in the know of Nashville. huh? Yeah, I've been there five times, I think. Jesus. I've never been. It's on my bucket list of places to visit, though. Oh, uh, it's it's a beauty. We may not survive a, a long weekend there. Oh, we will. <laughs> you might not. I we might. We might have to record with like Luke Bryan that weekend or something. We'll yeah. find a country star to, to hop on. Alyssa. Yeah. Alyssa. Um, guys, we'll see you for episode 100 very soon. Yeah, we're 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 gonna put together something. We'll we'll get a giveaway out there or something for the hundredth episode. I'll finalize the details. We'll we'll pass it through our our HR department. Exciting stuff. Thanks for hanging on. If you're still listening to this, take All us right. away. We love you. Good night. Thank you for listening. Production by AJ Bradbury.